Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. I am Mike here with Jeff. Hey, hey. And today we are Sans Luke. Very what? special guest, though. Very, First very special time, guest. First maybe. timer. First time in a while, I should say. Yeah. Uh, has she ever been? No, first time ever. First time ever. But, but... I thought you used to do like what the the. Oh, yeah, we had a radio show. We had oh, a radio, that was show. A radio show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, was... That voice is none other than not only Luke's sister, but also my wife. Yeah, Luca Jade. Jade. That's me. Hello, Jade. It's like, we want Luke. We got the closest we could get. <laughs> yeah, literally. Still tiny and crabby. So. <laughs> yes. Um, so, today... Yes? I, uh, I'd i like to address a couple things. Okay. Order in the court. Order in the court. This is going to be a mic rant. I hope you guys are ready. We're ready to keep you in check, to rein you in. Um, so... I recently got the Guitar Center magazine Uh-oh. in the mail, and I think I've had an episode before where I do a Guitar Center magazine rant, and uh, this one specifically, as most of them do, pissed me off, um, and I think for for good reason, because, you know, listen, Guitar Center, I have so many good childhood memories of Guitar Center. <laughs> I do. I really do. Genuinely, I do. I've talked about it on the podcast before where it was like, you know, we would skip school, score a pack of smokes, and go to Guitar Center in Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> and then later on, New London, Connecticut, which was much closer to home. Um, but if anybody has any experience with Guitar Center, they can clearly see if they go there how much the mighty have, have fallen, fallen in on, that man. way. Where it's, you know, the loud rooms aren't there anymore. Remember the loud rooms? No, you don't remember that. What's they a used loud to have room? so What's they used to room? have the loud room, which was they would have a designated room where you could go in, and it was like heavily soundproofed, and they would have all this you know sure, big sure. amp equipment and stuff, and you could actually turn up you know and push right. the amps the way that you wanted to push the amps and all that stuff. Uh, and um, you know, I found that the staff back then was very very helpful, and. It just is not like that anymore. Now you go in and it's just kind of like most of the reps there, the sales reps are just kind of pushy and just trying to make the sales and all that, which I understand. I mean, that's their livelihood. It's their job. They make commission. I get it, you know, but it's just the guitars just don't really tend to be set up very well. Everything missing, seems like new ben old stock. Where's the Ben Stiller? <laughs> what did Pepperdine tell you? <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Stiller and the Stiller estate. Um, but no, it, it really is. And now it just seems kind of comical to me. These these Guitar Center magazines read more like, you know, like mad magazines to me than they do actual guitar catalogs. You know, this used to be the Bible, man. Like, I mean, okay. Did it? In the, well, I should rephrase that. The Musician's Friend magazines yes, were the ones. Please. Those were the ones, hands down. Guitar Center now, it's just... You know, how many fucking guitarathons can you have? You're clearly not selling enough stuff. Like, you're not moving enough product. As someone who likes to buy stuff, I appreciate the guitarathons. I know, but I'm saying. They save me money. Jeff May, the only person who's still <laughs> buying guitars from Guitar Center. No, it's not. It's it, it's not. Like, they still have good they still have good gear. I think the biggest beef that I really have in the magazine itself is really with Gibson guitars. Okay, well, before we go on to that, my experience in, uh, with Guitar Center has only been. For like the last seven, eight years. I wasn't going into Guitar Center when I was a teenager. Right. So I see what it is. I've never had the loud rooms at Guitar Center. At other music stores, I've seen that. And I would love if they had those. Yeah. Um, the My one gripe about Guitar Center is since I play Fender guitars, they n- pretty much never have a Rosewood fretboard model of any fender guitars it's, usually it's always all just maple, maple. Yeah. which is cool because i have a maple one but i'd like to try a rosewood one because i'd like to change things up um i don't know but my experience with guitar center is very positive but i'm also like someone who seeks out deals and like doesn't overspend and like yeah 
buys stuff, tries it, and then utilizes the 45-day return if I don't like it. And yeah. So does Mike. It is me. It's me in this way, too. Let me just say Don't this. bite the hand that feeds you. Listen. <laughs> also, all respect to Nate and Taylor working at the New London Guitar Center, who always take care of me and are always friendly and remember my name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to like the way you look. <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, yeah, no. Listen, look. The, I have. I still start your start your rant. I still have good experiences with Guitar Center. I'm not saying that I don't, but I think the thing is, is when you zoom out and you look at it from a big picture, Guitar Center is the small music business killer. It's like Walmart. It's like Best Buy. It's like, you know what I mean. And and that's the thing where you look at it and it's like, all right, I understand why Guitar Center became the small music business killer in that way, where it's like they had the loud room, they had. There was so much, like, you would go there, and it was like, oh, you know, it was like, holy shit, like, walls of guitars. It was so cool, you know? And it's not, I don't know, now it's just kind of like, you know what I think it is? It's I think I've sold so much music equipment back to Guitar Center, and they lowballed me so much. Yeah, of course. Which, I get it, it's a business, it's not a friendsness, you know, I understand that, I understand that. But, um, furthermore... Moving on <laughs> to my biggest gripe. Now, I'm I'm a Gibson guy. I am, yes. through and through. Growing up, it was like Gibson was the goal, right? That was the, like, if you got a Gibson, it's like you kind of made it, right? A USA made Gibson. You know, you got it. But now, it's just like, who, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, I want to look at Gibson and be like, who the fuck are you, who are you selling to? Because you're not selling to the real working class musician. I'm sorry, but you're just not. No, but it's like putting the Ferrari out in the front of the dealership. It's like they're also going to sell you the bullshit out back, too. Don't get thrown off by the... Yeah, I know, but you know what the bullshit out back is? It's the <laughs> it's the new old stock that they can't sell, so they beat it with a hammer a couple times and it throw it bullshit. in a dumpster. Yeah. And you're like, why are you doing this to people, man? You know, I mean, it's like Gibson Guitars is the equivalent of Harley Davidson. It's like this used to be the weapon for the rebellious, and this used to be like... The thing, and now it's just like, yeah, the average Harley rider uh, makes at least like it's like an average of like you know a six figure paycheck. Yeah, it's like you know, and so let's let's first of all, I'd like to just start off with saying that I love how Joan Jett's on the cover of this issue because mm-hmm. nothing screams punk rock like a twenty thousand dollar guitar. And hey, Joan earned that. I'm not saying yeah. that Joan Jett didn't earn it. I you know, and she she you know, I'm sure that this guitar. She probably paid like two hundred dollars for it in like nineteen eighty one, you know. And I get it, I get it. Listen, man, she loves rock and roll, so <laughs> respect. But I'm just trying to say, it's just to me. Okay, so you turn in and you look, and okay, there are you know Gibson Custom. It's you know, it's a yeah. it's a beautiful guitar. It's a be- like I you can't argue that this is not a beautiful guitar. This is them peacocking, man. You got to lead with your dick. I know, but it's like, okay, a Tom mm-hmm. Murphy painted in age 1959 Les Paul Standard. $11,499. Yeah. It just pisses me off. I don't know why. <laughs> you know it just makes me so mad. And not even that, but then you look at just like a 59 reissue. Set, uh, close to seven grand, $6,699. And it says include case, which... I think is a real big step for Gibson. <laughs> you, have to, you have to spend $300 extra. Yeah, on a case. fucking case. It's just like, but that's the thing is like, I just feel like these guitar companies to a certain extent are like nickel and diming you. Nothing dissuades me more from buying a guitar when I read does not include case. I go, well, fuck this guitar then. <laughs> I don't want to have to go buy a $250. Right, but that's what I'm trying to say though is like, it, 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 it's just, it's frustrating for me because, you know, you, okay, you go to page two, right? And you look. Okay, uh, Gibson Les Paul, like limited edition Les Paul Studio. Studio is the base model for yeah. a Les Paul. It's the it's it's considered like you know that's the entry level USA made Les Paul. Sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah. If you if you spend money on a sixteen hundred dollar Fender, you're getting an amazing guitar. Incredible. You're getting like next level kind of a Fender guitar. Sixteen hundred dollar Gibson Les Paul Studio. They're okay. But most of the time, when you go into a guitar center and you're like, I'd like to play that $1,600 studio, it comes down, you know, the fingerboard is all dried out. You know, the yeah. action's pretty crappy. You know, well, like the tuners don't stay Gibson in tune. Now? Who didn't? Well, Gibson, so something? Gibson went bankrupt. They yeah. filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in uh, 2017. Uh, the the uh, the CEO at the time, that w- the, which 
around that time is when they got hit with all these crazy lawsuits because they were importing all this illegal uh, timber and all that stuff. And they're, you know, basically like jipping the government out of having to pay for this, that, and the other thing. Like every other company? Like pretty much every <laughs> other company, yeah. They're just, they became this big bloated company. And, you know, they were raided by, I don't know if it was the FBI. By the tree police. By the tree police, yeah. <laughs> the Lorax. <laughs> the Lorax raided. <laughs> you know? Um, and it's like, <laughs> he speaks for the trees. Danny DeVito. Shout out to Danny DeVito for that top-notch performance. <laughs> You know, and 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 I, and I see what they're doing here, right? So Gibson Guitars. Then I think it was twenty around the twenty seventeen around that time. They get a new CEO, and his name is. Hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, Henry Juskowitz, mm-hmm. who was originally uh, the CEO or the chief financial CFO or something for Levi's. Mm-hmm. So you know, if there's anybody that knows guitars, it's people who who manufacture. <laughs> no, he knows making money, man. Jeans, yeah. Get the, Sell, get, sales. Get out of here. I don't buy. I'm not buying it. Just like Charles Minor on The Office, if you know sales. <laughs> no, he's Robert California. Is who the fuck he is? Okay. So that's why. There you go. It's. Do you want an animal reference? Do you want a nature reference or a sex reference? For a lot of money. But what? But what? Now what they're doing though is, and you can see it. Like if you look plainly, what's happening is, is they're taking get. And I think this is really the 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 sort of, you know, financial marketing move is they're taking Gibson and they're making Gibson the exclusive top top like you know what I mean like they're making that the top brand and then now they're taking Epiphone and they're replacing it by saying like no Epiphone. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can get like, okay, Slash has an, uh, a Les Paul standard like tribute model. That's $950. Yeah. And I'm not, listen, if you use an Epiphone, that's fine. I have no problem with people using an Epiphone guitar. And not and ultimately, Epiphone was originally Buzukia and was created by a Greek man. So, you know, that's my heritage. Oh, her- my God. It's the my Greeks. heritage. Oh the, God. the Greeks. Epiphone. His, his son's name was Epiphanios. And oh Epif- Epiphone is Epiphone. Phony means voice. So it's the voice of I'm his son. I'm surprised you didn't name your son Epiphanios. Epiphanios. Yeah, I should it's have. Leonidas. It's Leonidas. Have some respect. Can I tell you what I think? Let's go back to the first page. When I open this thing and I see, like, limited edition $17,000 for a guitar I don't think anything I just laugh I go well this is for the same fucking idiots who buy $180,000 Porsches like who gives a fuck like yeah. people who are buying shit to buy stuff and just go yeah look at this guitar on my wall that costs so much money yeah you know I take it down and strum three chords every two months it's yeah. like who gives a fuck That's rich people are always gonna just collect you, you think any actual working musician is gonna play a new $15,000 guitar no like people with no, story careers have to. guitars that are valued that, but that's because of their story careers. You know, like Eric Clapton and all those guys, they bought their guitar new for 600 bucks. Yeah. And now they're worth X amount because they played them. Yeah, they're worth like $250,000. I can't believe I used him as a reference. I need to strike him from my vocabulary. Oh, man. Yeah, I wish I need to unremember. Slow we're, hand. We're done with him. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, what a fucking yeah. tool. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Racist cocaine. Oh man, uh, uh, Jade. What are your thoughts? What do you think, Jade, when you see guitars for like ten thousand dollars? I think it's sad because obviously the working class person they mm-hmm. want those guitars. Mm-hmm. We can't afford them. Yeah. People, regular people, people that actually play their instruments. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whatever. They would see that and they're like, "Oh, wish I could get that." It just like it makes you sad. Yeah. Yeah, and I get it. Like, okay, once you've made it, you can probably afford that guitar, right? I mean, that's you know, or never, or you get endorsements, and it's give they're given to you, dude. I I could I would if I was a millionaire, I would never buy a fifteen thousand dollar guitar. Let me just say this: I would, I would buy seven two thousand dollar guitars. Right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've been to Guitar Center and I've played. You know, like uh, a 59 reissue through like a nice sort of vintage Marshall Plexi. And I will say, the stars align. Like, I, I, it, like I've noticed myself physically play differently. But the problem is that I found with Gibson is that those types of quality guitars are too far and few in between. Like, it, 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 for, for, every, for every seven Les Pauls you play, one of them is really good. And the rest is like, this plays like a 
a five hundred dollar Epiphone. And which part of that are you talking about? Are you talking about the neck play or the actual pickups? It's like it's it, it's it's the combination of everything. It's like the way the neck feels. It's the resonance of the wood. It's the pickups. It's the you know what I'm saying. It's like you know and that and that's what I do like about. I'm not. I used to be really big into the road worn look mm-hmm. of guitars. That's kind of an issue of uh, debate amongst the guitar playing community which is just like no the the wear should be genuine and real not manufactured in a custom shop yeah i kind of agree with that and i agree with it too (laughs) i to a certain extent i agree with it the only place where i disagree is in the sense that like i've played road worn road worn uh guitars before and they some of them do feel really nice because they feel broken in there's no it's a, a broken in guitar does feel nice but it at the same time, it feels like it doesn't really have a soul, <laughs> you know? And I know that sounds far out to say, but it's like when you play a guitar that's worn yeah. by the hands of a human being over the course of X amount of years, there's this sort of relationship and love and sort of soul that like goes into this guitar because it was loved and it was cared for. And it's almost like sort of like there's like this memory that's implanted in the guitar. And then you get uh, you get one that's like manufactured and... That's not to say that the luthier who creates the guitar doesn't have a passion for it and doesn't put that passion into the instrument. It's but it's just different. It's just passionately using sandpaper to wear down, <laughs> wear down. Yeah, and then you get that pretentious <laughs> bullshit where they're like, "We can't like hammers into the custom shop because we can't show them how we make the wear." And it's like, yeah, you know what you do? You chain that fucking guitar up to the back of a truck and you drag it down the fucking road, you idiots! Like, why are you trying to play me up? Like, it's the secretive way of doing this. No, you take all the hardware, you drop it, you drop it in some acid to make it fucking corrode. You slap it back on. I love when the when the metal is all corroded. Because yeah. I just think that's a this must be a safety hazard. That's what I'm saying, right? You look at it, you're like, what are these idiots doing? You know? And people like it though. And again, I know I sound like I'm an old man shaking his fist at the sun. I know what I sound like. The I, real idiots are the people who or because of your view, the, the idiots are not the people making it. It's the fucking suckers buying them. Right. So who's the idiot, right? That, right. <laughs> you know, who's it's the asshole? The, it's not the man selling the snake boys. In it. I, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, it's right, like, right. Yeah, it's not the snake oil salesman. Snake oil, I mean, it's yeah. the consumer. Yeah. And I and I get that. I, I do get that. But even when you look at, say, like a Les Paul traditional Pro 5, you know, it's still 2600 bucks. And that's a middle-of-the-road guitar. If you look at Fender, a middle-of-the-road guitar from Fender, USA-made Strat, like a standard Strat, this year's standard Strat, you're not, I mean, 1200 bucks. Yeah, but it might be, a, it might be a, totally a business thing because I don't know the sales numbers, but I would assume that Fenders are bought more than Gibsons. Probably. Probably so just based on... Uni- so, if you're but moving I'm saying units... More popular. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but I think it comes down to like how much does it cost? Because if because uh, me a rational consumer, if you want to call me that, <laughs> rationals go, in quotes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if I go in and I look and it's just like, oh, I can get the Fender equivalent of the twenty five hundred dollar Gibson, and yeah. it's seven hundred and fifty bucks for a nice USA made Fender that I know that over time it will appreciate in value, and I'll actually be able to make like this sort of a guitar investment. Mm. I'm going for the Fender, but it's. I think that's what it is. It's that Gibson, like you said, it's it's like it's the Ferrari. It's going like we will not compromise by for for anybody. But it's like you claim, you know, and Gibson claims like, oh, we're this heritage brand and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, yeah, but no, no like the original luthiers that were working on guitars in Kalamazoo, Michigan, they bought after Gibson bounced. They bought the old factory, and they have a brand. It's called Heritage, and they make Les Pauls. And it's the luthiers that made the original most sought-after Les Pauls. You know what I mean? So it's it, it, it's one of those things like and, – and, and for me, it's like Gibson doesn't – Gibson hasn't always made the greatest guitars. So why are you trying to play off like you always have? The Gibsons from like the, the – the mid '80s into the mid '90s, and even bleeding into their early 2000s, are trash. They're garbage. They're made with illegal wood. Okay, they tried to do that robot guitar, and that was a flop. Because robot those... guitar, yeah. yeah, that tuned itself. Yeah, the self-tuning guitars. Remember when they did that? Oh, yeah. Remember, it, I think it was 2011, was where they forced everybody to yeah. buy those guitars. Those guitars were not available. Well, they didn't force them to buy them. It was just that the year. Ones. That's what they made. That's just yeah. what they made. Yeah. And you know what? And on top of that, then they changed the the diameters of the neck profile. 
Because I went in that year. I remember that year I was like, I'm going to get me a Les Paul Jr. Because I've always wanted a Les Paul Jr. Shout out to Joan Jett, Les Paul Jr. And I remember picking up the guitar and it felt so foreign to me. And they, I own a Les Paul. They do that stuff all the time, though. So I, I, I know that different eras of all guitars, they do like a C or a modern C or a D or a contour D or like, so yeah. I don't really, and you have to hold it in your hand to, to really feel what's best for you. Yeah. I was going to buy a, I was looking into a model of Strat and because of the neck, I thought, well, I, I don't know what that means. It said like soft D shape. So I looked it up. <laughs> I, I looked it up and I, you can see the, di- the diagrams of the things. And I looked at it and I went, Oh, uh, I probably wouldn't like that then, because it kind of had like instead of a slope, it was like more, more like yeah. angular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, but you they're know, always fudging with that stuff to like make it slicker or faster or you yeah, know, whatever. And I don't know. I think you're too tied up on loving Gibsons. You gotta I you, let, and you gotta let it go, man. I know that. Well, that's and I think that's my <laughs> issue is the fact that I just love Gibson so much. I love Gibson guitars so much, and they are just such a classic <laughs> guitar. That it breaks my heart to see that kind of stuff happening. And would you, would you buy a new Gibson anyway, though, or would you try to find something that was from an era that, quote unquote, they were made better? Sure, but I don't also don't have one hundred fifty thousand dollars to share. But that's what I mean. <laughs> you so, know what I'm saying? So you're fucked either way. Like right, that's what I mean. Pony up for the new ones now, or you you know you look for a sixty nine, and it's like, well, good luck, four thousand yeah. dollars. Right, right. And it's and you know and then anybody who follows these types of things, Mark Agnesi, who was the guitar of the day guy at yeah. Norman's Rare Guitars in California, ended up becoming sort of this, uh, you know, brand spokesperson, brand spokesperson, and social media sort of pioneer for for Gibson to help them kind of get back in because you know he was very successful at Norman's Rare Guitars, and there was a brief moment where it was kind of like you know myself and you know to a certain extent the guitar playing community were like oh finally. Mark Agnesi is going to get go in there and be like, hey, cut the bullshit. Gibson does one thing really well. Capitalize on that and do that thing really, really well. And, and I, then he sold out. And then he sold out, though. Because then he... Well, it's then, so then unexpected. He, I know. But, the, but did, you watch that, did you watch that video, though? Where it uh, basically looked like... People were joking around that it's just like they... The yeah. weight when he was like coming out, he's just like, all you people out there using our guitars, copying our style, we see you. We're, we see you, and we're like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically, like, we're coming after you. And, you know, people were making jokes like they, they must have had his family held at gunpoint behind the camera <laughs> right. to be like, you need to, Some you need to. Strings. Yeah, and, and, and like, listen, man, but it's for a that business. Much money, I would do it too. I, and yeah, I, listen, I get it. He's got a family to feed. I understand. You know what I mean? And he's living he's that got good. leather jackets to buy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> a lot of leather jackets. Who else is going to keep that vintage Ramones t-shirt market going? You know? But it's just like, get up, Mike. It's just, you're not punk rock anymore, man. Like, you, yeah, but you're not, a fucking sellout. But, but that's the thing, though. We know that they aren't. I've known that for years, man. You got to give it up, homie. I know, I know. But then, but then you know the, why I buy the Fender? Because Fender guitars, pretty much, they all fucking are the same. And they all... yeah. You know, I mean, and also like I'm a guitar player, but that's why I have a pedal board with nine pedals on it. Yeah. Because I'm not depending on that guitar to do the work. Right. You got, you got to use the tools and you know, I know that there's, I think it's also a thing of so many people played strats in the mid sixties that it kind of became out, it got out of style because then it's like, well, that's like your grandfather's guitar player. Right, right. Whereas all the 70s guys were all Les Paul guys. Yeah. So I feel like the whole thing's going to flip in about five to ten years. Yeah. Because now you you go on YouTube, you go on whatever, every kid who's making like the kind of like really shreddy jazz neo-soul type videos on Instagram stuff, they're all playing Fenders. They're yeah. all playing Tellies and Strats and Jazzmasters and Jaguars yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Duo Sonics. None of them are playing. They're that's the sound that is cool with the fifteen to twenty one year olds is not the humbucker sound. It's that single coil, that fatter, buzzier type of thing. Yeah. So I I think we would tape in five years. You're going to see because you're already seeing the prices of Fender start to creep up, creep up, creep up. And I think Gibson is going to have to change course because they're going to realize like yeah. 
But the, but I would say this. Okay, so now we turn to the catalog to the Fender section, right? The most absurdly priced Fender in here is twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's the American Ultra Lux series, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at the American Professional Two series, which is, a, you know, that's the that's that's like the that's a nice guitar, right? You get that guitar. That's a that's a, a nice one and Was done it purchase. Eighteen hundred, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks mm-hmm. for the for the Gibson equivalent. You're spending twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, different companies run Fender different ways. Is more for the people. Yeah. I think so. And Fender also, I think they sell more. And people who have Fenders, they'll buy multiple Fenders. So, like, they'll do mm-hmm. a gig with a Strat and a Tele. Yeah. People, whereas Gibson, once you got your Les Paul, that's what you play on everything. Or once you got your ES335, you play yeah. that on everything. Yeah. Like, I think people who like more versatility will buy more Fender guitars. Um, I don't know. They're yeah. and they're they're different too because for anybody who doesn't play guitar out there, like the neck is three quarters of an inch shorter on the Gibsons. Yeah. So it's just it's a completely different thing. Mike has a Les Paul, and when I sit down and try to play that, it's like my fingers I have to crunch them in a little bit more. Yeah. So it's like it's just not what I'm used to. Um. But yeah, Fender's for the people, and Fender has its issues too. Because oh yeah, they're not they uh, because it's <clears throat> you know, let me roll my sleeves up. <laughs> <laughs> like I got, I have a Fender made in Mexico um, Mustang bass, and it's like you talked about how it's not set up right and blah blah. It's like I know that going buying a guitar, I expect to have to get it set up by someone else. Yeah, and so right there, you're adding a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, and the thing about Fender that I so. noticed too is, uh, you know, like you you have a Strat, I have a Strat from a similar era. Yeah, I have a jazz bass from a similar era, and what's the thing that we're constantly seeing? The finish is cracking, it's breaking cracking. off, cracking, snapping off. I wish it was cracking. <laughs> this thing is fucking like peeling off, like. Like he has eczema. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, though. That's the thing, you know? So, yeah, Fender also isn't safe. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know 100%, most of the research I've done is on Gibson, but I'm pretty sure Fender also did some sort of shady shit when it came to, like, the timbers that they were purchasing as well. I think they were all kind of guilty of that. Yeah. You know? Timber. Timber. I'm the Lorax. Uh, so, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, I get it. I get it. But... What I do I like just about don't the fa- agree with it. That's the thing right. I find funny, because again, this is like, I'm I'm a smart consumer, so I don't open this magazine and go, oh, I want this, oh, I want this, oh, I want this. I just I just wade through the bullshit. I go, yeah, whatever, whatever. I love how Fender's doing that thing where what do they call it? The parallel series. Oh the, yeah, parallel world series. I love those. I I hate it because it's just so weird, but I do. I think it's funny, but it's like the Strat body with the with the Tele everything in the middle electronics yeah. or vice versa because um, that's just it's gimmicks man it's just shit to, to move product i know it's true and, and i'm sure i'm sure a lot of them sound great and play well and blah blah blah, blah. yeah and fender did just recently release this is a new product they released a kurt cobain jagstang oh luke was very happy to see he that. did did he send that to you on instagram yeah, he was so excited i was like and i looked i was like with the long sagging ass on the oh, look at this thing i hate that Ugh. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a melting droopy <laughs> guitar, I guess. It yeah, looks like what fun. Kurt Cobain's voice fun. sounds like. <laughs> Just brutally garbly gook. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, that's no disrespect to Kurt Cobain or the Kurt Cobain estate. But Jade, which which of these guitars look appe- the most appealing to you? Take a look. This one. Which one? The Tele. The, oh, the teal cool. color telly with the it nice uh, tur- classic tur- the turtle shell uh, the turtle shell yeah pick card. card yeah I do like it yeah, yeah. I, I do like it and that's what I'm saying though I just I think that Fender see I like this one shape. I that, like this this blue to white kind of yeah that's very nice thing with the with the humbucker on the bridge but that's what I'm saying I think long. I'll say this I think that like whenever Fender like kind of takes a risk and tries to do something different it just lands so much better than when Gibson tries to do it. Because I think that I think the versatility of a Fender, there's more versatility in a Fender than it is with a Gibson. You know, Gibson does. You know, Gibson's doing the coil tap thing, which is cool because you can get that Peter Green kind of like single coil, like reverse wound, parallel wound sort of uh, pickup thing. That's sort of stratish, which is which is nice. You know, that's that's a cool feature. Um, but at the same time, I just look at it like. You know, there's just other options out there, and I think that like when it comes to bang for your buck, you can get a badass guitar for a fraction of the price for Gibson, but you're paying for a name, and that's I think that's what yeah. Gibson is doing. 
too much is they're 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 bank they're they're relying way too hard on being like well now you own a gibson so you've made it you know and i get mm-hmm. that but it's like if i'm gonna be paying all this money i shouldn't have to have this fucking guitar set up it should be beautiful the minute that it goes into my hands yeah. like it's like you, you, if i'm spending three grand on a guitar yeah i shouldn't have to sit there and tinker with the thing you know, and I understand they're moving a lot of product, right? They're moving. There's there's a lot of in and a lot of out. There's a lot of moving parts to it, and not every guitar is going to be set up beautifully. Well, but, quality is just kind of falling by the wayside to just push it out, get the numbers. That's yeah. what it is, right? And it's it's trying to hit sales numbers, and and I and I get that, and not for nothing, but you know, Gibson doesn't see a dime when it comes to these and these vintage guitar shows where people are paying two hundred thousand dollars for a fifty nine Les Paul, like a real one. Yeah. You know, that none of that money actually goes to Gibson, but they're like, they're kind of riding on those curtails of it where it's like, oh, well, yeah, like the glory days, the glory days. It's just like, yeah, but what are you doing now? Make it like that. Make it. And, 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 and I will say this, Mark Agnesi, the good thing that he did is I think that he did bring up the quality of Epiphone guitars considerably. Like the Epiphone guitars now are really, really nice guitars. They're top notch. But again, it goes into the same problem where it's like, yeah, you can buy that guitar and it's all good and dandy. And you know what? If that guitar is your tool that you use and you have a bond with it and you feel like you can like get out your artistic expression with that instrument, that's what really counts. That's what really matters. But it's not an investment the way that an American-made guitar is. An American-made guitar will appreciate in value. The minute you buy that Made in Korea guitar, it just goes... And it's never really going to be worth that much. The only overseas guitars, East guitars that have ever appreciated in value are the Japanese-made Fenders. That's the only thing that either hold their value or go up in value. And in that moment, even Fender USA was like, oh shit, the Japanese are making much better quality guitars than we are, and they're selling them at the fraction of the price. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, like, why what, do what, American, what are we talking about here? Why do American-made guitars appreciate value, though? That I don't know. I don't know. I think everyone thinks... America is wonderful. That's why. And yeah. I don't understand that. Americans that. are very much like, if it was made in America, it's better. Uh, well. But I disagree. I've played Korean-made guitars that are light years better no, than I know. some American-made But I'm guitars. saying this is, we're talking all about sales and economics and like right. market values. These are things that, they aren't controlled by logic. It's no. just no. human behavior dictates... And, you know, I've, I've played some American made guitars that are way, I say way, cause it's, you know, it's my opinion, I guess, but they're way worse than the Mexican one that I play. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Yeah. I think of all the guitar manufacturers, the most consistent when it comes to quality of guitar, and they are not guitars that I necessarily, I don't really like them. I don't play them, but PRS is probably the only company where a Korean made PRS plays really really good and what i mean are an the american made, made ones the se's or yeah the se is the so yeah, that's the, their budget line yeah 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 uh I, well actually i think the se just refers to the uh the body style not necessarily the make no mm-hmm. se is like how epiphone is for gibson is it yeah kind of like how um LTD is for Squire uh, is for Fender. Right, right, right. LTD for ESP. Yeah. Um, uh, Because, yeah. But I mean, you say right there, PRS, beautiful guitars, well-made guitars. Yeah. Perfect guitars. PRS guitars start, PRS, not the SEs, they started to $2,200. This one right here, the Wood Library. Well, yeah, that's $4,820. Yeah. But even an SE, an SE is $950. You but, know what I but mean? But look at look at so if you think of SE as ep, same as Epiphone, most Epiphones now are yeah they're going up for that too. And you have to account for that, right? You have to account for inflation and and all that stuff. You know, things I guess are more expensive to make now. Uh, and, I mean, the, but then you move on to like Ernie Ball Music Man, and these are crazy expensive guitars. I know that's the one guitar I want to try out is the Saint Vincent one. Have you seen that one, Jade? Uh, is it in we don't, there? No, it's not. I don't think it's in here. It's like no. this super angular. Here, I'll show you, hon. Yeah. It's like futuristic. It's kind of like a Gibson Firebird meets Star Trek. <laughs> Space. 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 Yeah, this one. 
<laughs> it looks like um, the Jetsons. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are really I mean, they're really but cool. That's crazy looking. Do those start at $2,800, I think. Yep. Yeah, you can, buy the, you can buy the Sterling version. Yeah, but that's their budget. That's what's, their budget version. The $730 for the Sterling. And then if you want to get just the Ernie Ball straight up, it's three grand. Yeah, exactly. It's three grand. So you see this with all guitar manufacturers. And I, and I, and I, and they you know, make again, less. I understand. That, that's why PRS and Music Man, because they aren't huge operations like Fender right. and Gibson are. And that's where it's like I look at it from that perspective with Gibson where you're just, it's just like, man, you're rolling out so many guitars. Like it can't cost you. You know what I'm saying? It can't cost you as much to make the guitar as you are. Like you can't justify the amount of money that you're selling it for compared to how much it costs you to manufacture the guitar. Like, Yeah, I, so you would I think don't... that they can put quality into the guitar since they are making so much money. But the problem is yeah. people are selfish and they want more money in their pockets instead of putting it into their product. Mm. Right. So that is what that is. Yeah, it's profits, not people. I do think it is more expensive to make them if you think about the design because Fender electronics are attached to the pick guard and you can like pop them in, pop them out. Yeah. Whereas most Gibson ones are... You have to route through the body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's more stuff you need to work into the wood, and yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is this is just economics, man. Yeah. No, and I and I know that, and and this was this 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 was just a rant. For what me. what oh, you wait. don't like the Randy Rhodes? Those are gross. Oh, I love them. The Natural Wood like Jacksons. That. I love them. V. Jackson gross. owned by Fender Guitars. I love the the X series concert bass, which basically looks like a mix between a Jackson Dinky and a uh, Rickenbacker bass. That's fun to me. I like that bass. This one here. Yeah, I do enjoy it, Jay, but I, I like. Jay, I would like you to flip through and you tell us what's gross. <laughs> That's this is our segment you we're going to no. do right now. Yeah, yeah. because I, I are there, are I'm, there any, I'm biased. Are there I'm any biased. of the um? What's that? What's that uh, finish that I hate that you like? Antigua. <laughs> no, there's no Antigua guitars Antigua, in there. Spanish for vomit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm saying These is like, look, right. man, you got you got some dope Gretsch's yeah, in here. You got some Brian yeah, well, Setzer Orchestra. I like these because they look classy. Yeah, they, I, I enjoy a classic. Me too. Oh, sleazy cats. Ooh, this is fun. Yeah, the the the, the, the uh, D'Angelico's. Oh yeah, it's five hundred and fifty bucks. How dope is that? Yeah, the those giant are super F hole. I like those. Yeah, but the thing is, I've played some five hundred fifty dollar Gretsch and Guilds and all this stuff, and some of them are just bogus. They suck. Yeah, right, right, right. So, Don't you want one of these really bad? A Taylor? Yeah. No, I want a Martin. Oh, I thought you wanted a Taylor. No, I like Taylors, but I don't want to sound like everything I play sounds let's, like Dave let's Matthews. Let's go back. Let's go to the beginning of the <laughs> electric guitar. What's wrong with that? There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with Dave Matthews. That's how you won me over. That is how I won her over. I played he, her. He played me Dave Matthews songs. Yeah. And used, we had cheap wine. I used to be romantic. You did. Wow. Now I've just. <laughs> 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 Marriage fail. No, <laughs> no, no. Because no. a boy and a girl. We keep things exciting. Ew. That's yucky. Oh, because two people fell in you love. You don't like the uh, Stingray bases. Oh, I love Stingray bases. That's such an ugly color combo. It's like teal and like a. That's literally the, that's literally <laughs> that's the same so color gross. combo as the Telecaster you just said you liked. Well, it was a different shape. That's how <laughs> Come on, the act of humbucker and the bridge. And I also don't like anything that looks like 80s. I do not like no. 80s. So you don't like the flying all. Vs and no. all that? No. Oh, man. No. Carrie King married the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, a, I mean, I'm a Les Paul guy yeah. through and through. Like, I talk all this shit, but Les Paul is my, in my oh. heart. Those are kind of funny. Acoustic guitars with like those are little ukuleles. Ukuleles, uh, ukuleles with like um, what do you call those? Was tiki that like, guys? Tiki, I thought I can't quite see. I thought it was Day of the Dead stuff. I yeah, they Godzilla. look. Um, <laughs> they look Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, a lap and that, steel. But, and that's you the thing, though, is that I like these. I could just these make cool. one of those. That's only a hundred bucks. Look. Yeah, reasonable. Rogue. Oh, quality. Hundred dollars is probably a piece of shit. <laughs> Take that hundred dollars and light it on fire. Yeah, you Did might you have as one well. Of those? What? A lap steel? No. 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 I have that little cigar box guitar that I could convert into a lap steel if I wanted to. There's this is a very thin magazine. Yeah, there's, there's nothing thin. to it though. It's like there's, there's no not very you know, much for me to judge. There's not even any drums in here. Christmas like give me, I, I want I, I want to look at the catalog. overpriced uh, DW kits. Well, because this is the this is the fall guitarathon, and they'll be hitting you with that giant Christmas one in I assume in the next two weeks. I hope so. So then we can do another one of these. Another segment. Get more in depth. <laughs> But if I like, okay, so yeah, I wish I liked. I wish I liked how those classic like rockabilly old '50s style guitars play. 
I just don't like them because in general, the bridge is further up the body. Yeah. So my hand motion, I'm used to the strat, which has more room on the body where you can play because it has right. three pickups. And when I play those, I have to like kind of play over my belly button instead of like near my hip. Yeah. So it's like, I just don't, it's not natural for me. Yeah. I, I, I will say that I do, uh, unlike Jeff, I love the Epiphone, like Sheridan style, the Gibson ES335. That's, that's really what we're talking about here. The, just if different incarnations of that. Uh, the Epiphone Rivieras and all that stuff. Um, I do love those guitars. I, I wish really I do. loved them. They're like my favorite sounding, and I love the body shape. But like when I get them in my hands, they just feel very unnatural to me. Yeah, yeah. So it's like one of those sad things because I I just want a casino or yeah or a dot or like Luke has a Sheraton. Yeah, I I tried out the Sheraton the Sheraton Two Pro that is out right there. That's it has coil taps, so push pull. So you can do single coil or humbucker. And I love the sound, but it feels comfortable when I'm sitting there on the stool playing. But then I stand up and play, and it's just like, oh, very yeah, it's a little awkward, janky, unnatural yeah. hand motion for me. Uh, I would say if I could give any sort of consumer advice, I guess, not that I'm really qualified to do that. Um, you know, if you want to buy a Gibson, though, Les Paul Traditional Pro 5 in satin, 1700 bucks. I mean, I know that's kind of a hefty, hefty bill to pay, What's but if you're going to you go have? Gibson... I have a Les Paul Studio. So in like two thousand, uh, what two or three, they did a stripped back version of the Les Paul Studio, and right? they do it from time to time. I have seen it other times. Yeah, uh, and it was when they very very first started making them. And um, the big thing is is that you're they're they're cutting down costs with cosmetic cutbacks, right? right. So there's no binding. Yeah, it's a hand rubbed satin finish, which. Right. I love because I think it wears so beautifully. And even like the neck itself, like if you were to play the guitar now, the neck itself feels like a gloss neck, but it wasn't. It was a satin finished neck there. It was a natural satin finished neck, but over playing it since I think I bought it in 2003, you know, at this point. And satin finished meaning softer, slicker on the touch. Right, right, right. Like an unfinished kind of thing. And then from the oils from your hand that like naturally like seeps into the wood. The fucking olive oil. (laughs) That seeps out of your pores. I knew it. I was going to Come on now. A mix of olive oil, extra virgin (laughs) olive oil and vinegar. You lick that that fretboard and you could get hints of feta cheese. Mm. (laughs) It ain't easy being cheesy. Uh, So, you know, going in that direction, I would say that's cool. In two thousand two or three or whenever you got it, yeah, brand new. That was what nine hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, I think all said and done, I probably paid like about eleven hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, it came with a case. So did you, think you buy that, that or did your parents I did, buy that? I did buy that. But yeah. if you did buy it, if that was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years ago, yeah, that guitar I'm, now is fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, inflation. Inflation. And it makes sense. You know, it's because they've raised the minimum wage so much that that's why <laughs> yes, we do we this. Yes, we can afford these. Things. Yeah, we can afford, yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> economics food. <laughs> Trickle down. Oh, good God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that I don't think that's a bad choice. I think there's pride. You know, you can. I think you can play an Epiphone with pride. I used to be sort of an elitist. I love Epiphones. I used to be an elitist when it came to that. I was like, if uh, only a Gibson's good enough, you know, that kind of thing. That motto, you know, but I definitely don't feel that way anymore. A even ago, some of the squires, like though, even some of the squires now are great guitars, man. They're great guitars, but I think that I come from the generation where there's this sort of like you know, way of looking at squires, and and uh, you know, I don't want to sound like that kind of an asshole about it. You know what I mean? But it for me, it's been implanted. So I think that's why I'm so grouchy about the guitar <laughs> thing as a topic because it's just like, you know, who in their right mind is going to spend. Two three thousand dollars on a guitar, and then if you spend two three thousand dollars on a guitar, you want to go bring that to some shady hole in the wall dump bar to to play that in? Like, who wants? You know what I mean? Like, I, people do it. I'm not saying people don't do it. You know, but it's no, like those are the I people that play at wineries, so they feel comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they true. also own like a portion of the winery. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna say they also own a Porsche. <laughs> well, maybe that too. Yeah, too. That too. So you know. Hmm. I'm just saying, again, I don't know. Maybe this was <laughs> this was a useless conversation to have. No, but it's always fun to have. Yeah, and I, and I know I sound like a grouchy old man, but it's just that, you know, okay, well, there you go. There's a Fender custom shop. It's like five grand for that thing. What the fuck is this, though? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. What the what's, fuck is no, this? No, what's this, what's this bottom bridge pickup? It says a 
No caster single coil? What is this thing? Let me see. It's ugly is what the fuck it is. Um It looks like the it looks like the pickup that's on the Lindsay Buckingham like custom. Oh Lindsay. <laughs> Don't get me started. My favorite guitar I've come to realize I think he's my favorite guitar player of all yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> Buckingham. Um, he's something. He is a ham. Um, <laughs> he played on SNL last week. Did he? What? Yeah, he played. He played guitar that fingerstyle acoustic guitar with um, Halsey. Oh good. no way! Hmm. The notes he did some harmonies. The notes were a little high for him that night, but it's still it sounded good. I'll yeah. have to watch that. Shout yeah. out to Lindsey Buckingham. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I, I do like Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like you know how on his I forget who makes his custom one where it's basically like in between a Les Paul and a Strat. Yeah, it's a and, weird and guitar. you can you can twist and move the pickup yeah it's like on a circular disc yeah so it kind of like looks like that but yeah i'm not quite sure i don't know too much about the no caster pickups but it's called a journey man and that's 4500 bucks that's low hands other name mm. that's eric clapton's other name is journey man blow hand blow hand faux hand um so you know so yeah I, my in advice, conclusion in conclusion <laughs> Troll, you know, look around on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, eh, but Facebook Marketplace is the place to go. Join some uh, music gear groups, see who posts what for guitars. Yeah, because there's always people trying to unload three thousand dollar guitars for eight hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah that's so, where you look most of the time, and they're out there. That's what I'm saying. And I think that my in conclusion, I suppose, is yeah, agreeing with you in that way, where it's just like, just you like know, pets. Adopt, don't shop. Who, <laughs> who saved who? they have who? extreme anxiety issues. <laughs> or they bite people. <laughs> or they yeah. bite people. Who rescued who? Um, so, yeah, I would just say be a smart consumer. Yeah. You don't have to buy a $3,000 Les Paul. Go on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or even Reverb and mm. find yourself a nice little used guitar, man. I mean, Reverb is kind of up there now, you know, but... yeah. And not for nothing, but if you love guitars, piecemeal something together. Yeah. You can buy a pickup system. You can buy a body. You, you know, yeah. like, that's what I think I'm going to do next. Yeah. Just Frankenstein. Yeah. The beast. <laughs> the monster is alive. <laughs> it's Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to break down this week's album choice, which was selected by Jade. So it's together at last. We will be Jeff Tweedy. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Welcome back to Get in the Garage. We are here with super special guest. Yes. My wife, the illustrious <laughs> Jade. I'm illustrious. <laughs> Literally uh, illustrious. She is an artist. Yes. I am. Yes, yes. You can follow her at Shades of Azul. Shades of Azul. Yeah. And if you are a cooking fan, she's also cooking uh, through the Claire Saffitz book, cookbook, A Dessert Person. You can look that up. What is it? Dessert Person dessert with Jade? Dessert Person with Jade. With Jade, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And she's on, she's on a journey to find the illustrious... <laughs> The uh, the uh, kulurakia, the, the Greek kulurakia Easter cookies. The uh, <laughs> flavoring has, has evaded her. Yes. The orange zest. Yeah. It's the orange. orange zest. Yeah. Mysterious. The quest, the quest for quest orange for zest. zest. <laughs> <laughs> I will get it. Yeah. And I think that it's actually just orange mm. liqueur Ooh. flavoring. Oh. Perhaps. I think that's what's in there. You think that's what it is? I do. It's what it tastes like. Every time I think about it, I think of that Frodo meme where he's like, all right, keep your secrets. (laughs) (laughs) To my Aunt Effie. Shout out to Thea Effie, by the way, for her confectionery treats. Making the best cookies in the world. Making, yeah, they're the best kururakia in the world, that's for sure. At least I, I I don't know. I think so. 
But but she's got to be careful, man, because you're hot. You're hot on her heels. I don't know about that. <laughs> One day, you're like Indiana Jones, to try yeah. to find all the secrets yeah, that's and it, old man. diaries. <laughs> now that I've heard you guys say all the things that I'm doing, I'm like, maybe I have too many projects. I'm also trying to do stained glass. Maybe I should like oh, pump cool. the brakes. No, these I mean, no, full you're just doing, yeah, you're just doing hobbies that <laughs> fill your life with some good things. Yeah, and you're raising a child. Yup. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Leo. We have to make him oh, a special Leo guest. B. We have to have a Leo segment. He's going to be like, that's very interesting. <laughs> that's what I want. And <laughs> what I really want is I want him to record just gibberish nonsense and us to edit it so it's us asking him questions <laughs> and him just responding. Truck? Truck? <laughs> nope. Truck? Nope. Yeah. Outside. Daddy. Yeah, Daddy. Mop, mop, mop. We're like, yes, that's an interesting take on the new. <laughs> hmm, I didn't know you felt that way about Duke Ellington. Interesting. <laughs> yes. He, he's, yeah. a real, he's a real fan of that we song, work, Scatman. We, we got to work him in. Maybe he could be our ending. We could have like a 10-second <laughs> little soundbite. M- music reviews with yeah. Leo. Yeah. Truck? What truck? What truck? Oh, no, 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 daddy, no, daddy. Every week we, we review the music from Frozen 2. Echo! <laughs> he knows Go! how to sing um, Do You Want to Build a Snowman. Yeah. He'll knock on his door and he'll sing it. He has yeah. good pitch. He, does he actually good pitch. does. Yeah. He has very good pitch. And a very good sense of rhythm as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's been banging away on that... <laughs> Hippie drum you got. <laughs> it's called it. a gem- coloring on it. It's, it's called a djembe. Have some respect. <laughs> anyway. A little anyway. Greek boy playing an African drum. So this week's album review, um, we suggest one for all of us to listen to every week. And this week, Jade suggested an album. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about the album that we listened to, Jade? I did. I have my notes here. Awesome. So we are listening to, or have listened to this week, Jeff Tweedy. From Wilco. He is the guitarist and singer. And he writes most of the songs. Um, well, actually, all of them. He just has like co writers, whatever. Anyway, so the album's called Together at Last. It came out in 2017. And it's an acoustic reversion of pretty much favorite songs. I think probably his favorite songs over the years from um, his band, what's it called? Loose Fur and, um, and Wilco. And I think, what's the other one? Golden Smog. Gold, yes. Mm. So this album is um, about depression. Oh no, boy. I don't know. Oh boy. <laughs> is it about it or does it inspire That's it? the way it made me feel. <laughs> a little bit of both, I think. Yeah. But it was, you know, it's good. I picked it because I've been listening to it a lot. Mm. I have to drive out um, to pick up my little brother like almost every day. And it's fall, it's spooky season, mm. it's getting cold, the leaves are falling down. And it's just, it's good driving music. Yeah. I, I to cry like, to. To cry to. I like this because <laughs> um, this album is, it is just, it is truly a solo album because he is the only musician on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's him singing acoustic guitar. There's some slide pedal type guitar on some songs harmonica. and harmonica. Great whistle um, solo. Great great whistle <laughs> solo. Maybe we'll pencil it in for our whistle episode. Yeah, later. yeah. Um this album is uh it reminded me why I like Jeff Tweedy, which is something we talked about on our Paul Simon episode, which is he when he made this album, he was uh at least 50 if his 2017 so yeah, he was probably he was 50, 50. Yeah. yeah and his voice hasn't changed in the 25 years since no. Wilco came out he yeah. has a very youthful um yeah quality to his voice and i liked the minimal production and i did like the fact that it was all recordings of old songs so more more than half the songs i was very familiar with and there weren't any versions that i went eh, well this is way worse than the band version yeah like they all did justice to the songs i'm partial to acoustic though like i just i'll like anything if it's Mm. you know i'm the other way (laughs) i i generally do not like yeah especially wilco because wilco is a band that at least for the last 16 17 years it's like a six-piece band now so there's usually three guitars on everything the drummer glenn kochi plays like a drum set augmented with like tons of weird found object percussion so they're they yeah. have a sound manipulator and keyboard player, so there's, yeah, there's always a lot going on stuff in their going stuff. On, yeah. yeah, but I think it's a testament to his songwriting because, like, yeah. you know, you can listen to those songs, the Wilco stuff, and you're like, oh, this is really good music. Mm. 
you know, there's a lot of like that sort of thing. <laughs> Kiss Unplugged comes to mind mm-hmm. where you're like, you listen to this music and you're like, oh, this only works right. if it's just, you know, if it's just a full musical ensemble. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, very rarely can you find somebody playing a music like songs from a selection of from the catalog where it's like stripped down this much, and you're like, oh no, this can kind of stand on its own just with a singer and a songwriter and an acoustic guitar. You know what I mean? So I think that's just yeah, it's a real testament to his songwriting and his abilities as a song, not only a songwriter but also as a musician too, because. There's some top-notch guitar playing on this album. I <laughs> yeah, mean, his, he's very good. There's yeah. moments where it's James Taylor-ish. There's moments where it's Bob Dylan-ish. There's moments, you know what I mean? Like he, he, yeah. you can tell he he knows what he's doing. He has a good finger style. Like his right hand's a good finger style. He can do, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, as a guitar player, it's tough, man. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to really get that down. You have to commit a, a considerable amount of time to be able to get that technique down well. Um, and I, yeah, I I really did like this album. I mean. Yeah. You know, I I normally reach for more high energy, kind of heavier, louder stuff. But this is a great record to kind of like, you know, sit down. And when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is a Jade record all day because this is like, <laughs> this is like a nice, cool October morning, mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee and just like throwing on this record and just kind of like relaxing and just watching the leaves sort of fall and kind of like, you know, there's like some really nice like melancholic moments. And here's every Jeff album. Tweedy song. I'm singing a song and now I'm singing a song and the words go like this and the melody goes along and I'm just yeah. singing words and I'm... and he did, like that's what yeah. his style is and it's it works yeah and yeah. I yeah. I was never a huge Wilco yeah. guy I mean my introduction to Wilco because I came like to the party was uh, Star Wars that record okay mm-hmm. and I love that record yeah. tenish years ago probably yeah oh it's been that long Jesus. we old oh my god yeah. I haven't even listened to like the last three. No, but that's the thing. I, I with the exception of that record, I, my knowledge of Wilco is very limited. But you know, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people kind of find themselves in that in that position where it's like you know you don't listen to these bands because you don't like them as much as it's just kind of like you don't really have a lot of people sort of in like your social group that listen to them. So you just never got around to listening to them because you never let me put on the music in the car. Oh. Yeah, because I want to listen to Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I want to rock and roll all night. Strata! No, what were we listening to? Star Wars. Star Wars no. was only six years ago. Mike was like obsessed with Tony Braxton yesterday. Oh come on! I mean, uh, I, yes, but I so uh, what a great voice! I know. Nothing's better than a woman who sings very low notes. But anyway, I never get, I never get to win the music argument in the car. You were you were loving the Tony Braxton last I mean, night. I Don't act like, like you didn't it. like it. I did, but it's true. I do. I do tend to steamroll. I do. I steamroll. I'm well, sorry. You, what we've learned. I'm trying to get better. Is that you gotta give over the dial to the wife. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And <laughs> and so you know the will the Jeff Tweedy stuff isn't so it isn't so low energy that you're gonna fucking crash your car falling asleep. Yeah. No. It's, it's, it's still, not Paul Simon. Right. Because it's not. <laughs> His word, his music is still wordy and it's yeah. thought provoking. Right. Like I listen to this for the lyrics. It's, right, yeah. right. It's all about that, and you listen to it, and you certain things mm. come up from your past, and you think about them, and I don't know. You could try to interpret the song. That's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I and I love that. I love like a story. I love, I, I love yeah, storytelling story. in music. I love that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I find for myself, I'm always just fighting off feelings of sadness and depression that i i i kind of i have a tendency to go the other route (laughs) which is like i just want to hear i just want to hear ian gillen and deep purple just talking about gobbledygook nonsense like surfing in the solar system (laughs) where i'm like yeah fuck it i don't don't have to think about anything or my feelings you know what i mean but you know when it hits it hits well and i think that's what this record does like it definitely hits really really well i really enjoyed it did you have any favorite songs yes i did Please. so laminated cat love that song yes. you know that part where he's like <laughs> as it gets laminated yeah <laughs> He's like he's singing this one part where he's like leftover candy from Halloween, yeah. and it's just like so nostalgic for me. And I don't know, it's just yeah. The imagery is what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's the one really Lucifer like cover that's on this. Yeah. And Lucifer was a project that Jeff Tweedy was in with Glenn Cauchy, who then became the drummer for Wilco, and Jim O'Rourke, who was like a mixer and played on a couple of their albums as well. Yeah, 
So I did like that. That yeah, was my second song. favorite song. It's because it's also like it goes through the seasons, like yeah. how you feel in the summer, fall, whatever. Yeah. I like the seasons. I like the long outro too, the like extended guitar thing. Yeah. And then what was it? Oh, Via uh, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I Via really Chicago. That That's one. a great album opener too. That yeah. one was good. And What's the opening line to that one? Oh, I, I, I dreamt of like killing you. Yeah, right, right. Like, I was like, whoa, he's I coming back. killing I, you again. I picked, yeah. When I picked this album, I'm like, Mike's going to think, you know, between all my murder podcasts and this song, <laughs> like I'm out for him. Is, there, is my wife trying to kill me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked, that was my third favorite song was Via Chicago. And that's, I like the Wilco stuff from the 90s and early 2000s. I haven't listened to the last decade pretty much. Yeah. Um, but like, that's off of Summer Teeth, which is their second yeah. album, which is a good album. Unfortunately, my my one, the one thing I didn't like about this album, it's not there, so I guess it's something not to like, but something I wish. I, there's no covers off of the album being there, which was their third album, which was the album that I've probably listened to the most out of the Wilco discography. Uh, maybe it's a he double didn't album. like it, so he didn't want to include it. I don't know. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. he liked it a lot because it was like, it was kind of a push them into a new direction. I think being there was the first album that had um, Jay Bennett on it, who was like his co-captain of the band for a couple of years. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. My favorite song was Muzzle of Bees. Oh, I was just going to say Muzzle of Bees. I love that weird like jazz chord yeah. bridge in the middle and stuff. Yeah. yeah really cool. Yeah. That one. I, I yeah, the, the and that's, I love, I've said it before, I love Melancholy. Mm. And that song to me was just like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this yeah. is cool. I, I dig this. I dig this a lot. So, What was your favorite song, Michael? I think Muzzle of Bees. Yeah. I do love Via Chicago, mm. Laminated Cat. Yeah, those were my you three know, favorites. Hummingbird. I like the song Hummingbird. What about Trying mm. to Break Your Heart? I'm Trying to Break Your Heart. I think, I think you're poisoning me slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I did like it. I like that song. How, however, that's my favorite Wilco album, which is most a lot of people's favorite album is the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot album, mm-hmm. and I liked it, but it was like a little too much like Jack. What what's is it Jack, Jack Johnson, Johnson kind of chords because everything was like a dominant seventh chord. Yeah, and I just thought like I don't know, it's okay. Yeah, um, but I think front to back, yeah, as a whole, this album, like yeah, I, that was really good. Yeah, I like it a lot. Good pick. I Great actually choice. thought you guys weren't going to like it, so I was like a little. I thought you were going to come in here and no. bash me for the sad songs. Oh, Guns no. a blazing. No, yeah. I like sad <laughs> songs. Yeah, I just don't usually choose to listen to them for the same thing Mike said, which is yeah. It, I I've it, been in like a yeah. two year kind of like just funk music, so that I don't have to think about my thoughts and feelings exactly. as much. I just want to hear <laughs> Bootsy Baby. Yeah, like... maybe, maybe I should change my trajectory, and that's what I should start doing. Just I, listen to craziness I'm just instead so of like, se- wallowing Just start it. listening to yeah. Funkadelic every yeah. day. You'll be all right. I'm just so sensitive, and it like influences my mood too much. Oh, right, right. Me too, though. I know, and yeah. I do it to myself, and then I'm like, yeah. did I want to cry today? I think maybe I did. Let's put this on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so quick to cry. That's why yeah, I can't put right. it on. That's because yeah. I'm just like, oh my God. Just let it out, guys. I know. I know, Jeff Tweedy. I yeah. know. It's, it's hard. It's cathartic to cry and yeah. drive, as long as you can still see. This album did remind me of an album that I like a lot, which Mike has still never listened to. Hmm. And that is uh, The Boss, Bruce Springsteen's album, Nebraska. I know. Mike uh, just doesn't like him. I want to. But that album. I want That to album like is him. so much like this because that album is all. No. It's, it's songs like this that are all acoustic guitar and like yeah. there's harmonica on a couple but it's just singing an acoustic guitar I'll have to I'll have to try I'll have to try yeah it's really good I want like I said I want to like Bruce Springsteen I, I want to like him do Nebraska all right. it's so different than any of his other music yeah it's it's like this but it's even like smokier and more atmosphere because he recorded all in the home four track recorders oh right right and right never right. went in and like augmented it yeah just released as the demos. Okay. Well, you know, maybe yeah. we'll 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 talk about that. Just spend next week. forty minutes. <sighs> I'm telling you, I ain't got that kind of time. Oh my god, <laughs> he's gonna listen to Foghat listen... six times this week. What a kill you to play a little Foghat. <laughs> oh my gosh, you listen to music or whatever all day. Step Steppen- Steppenwolf <laughs> and Edgar Winter oh, wait, band going on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> You're listening to um, it's Johnny Joe Winter. Rogan, okay. Oh I'm no, I've Winter taken Rogan. a break from Joe Rogan. Oh, thank God. 
I can't. Luke posted yeah. a posted a Johnny Winter clip, and I just messaged him back. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote Johnny, and then with the like greater than Edgar, not yeah. Gavos, because I love Edgar Winter. I yeah, love, yeah, man. Are you kidding me? Uh, I don't go out of my way to listen to a lot of it. Little Frankenstein. He played. He played saxophone on Bad Out of Hell. Did he? And he played saxophone on Crazy from All Crazy from the Heat, the David Lee Roth first EP. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and keyboards. That was Edgar. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, man. I'm just picking up He's... jobs all over the place. Yeah, yeah. They just got that. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> thank God we don't know. We're not videoing yeah, this because I because I gave the old uh, the old the old the old Winter Brother gaze. Michael. <laughs> Listen, respect where respect is due. But see, but that's the difference. Though. I'm I'm a blues guy, so that's why yeah. I'm Johnny Winter all day. Like nah. I love Johnny Winter. There's a great actually. There's a great performance on YouTube with both of them, where Edgar's playing like keys and piano, and also plays the saxophone. Uh, and Ed- it's killer, man. It's so good. Ed- Edgar Winter is really Edgar. I mean, Winter, he is talented. Edgar Winter is like the space age version of Rick Wakeman. <laughs> Whereas Johnny Winters. Is like if Mick Mars played blues guitar. <laughs> oh my god! His bones are just That's fusing what... together. Uh, Michael, oh my god. it's not nice. We're listening. See, I always, I always leave it, leave it where you read between <laughs> yeah, the lines, you let, you let and then Mike colors it in. Yeah, that's it. I give him a big crayon just like his son to yep. write over his gem. That's it, man. Oh, God. But you yeah, can't I, help yourself either. No, he just can't. can't. <laughs> he has to land the plane. He can't just let it fly in the sky. <laughs> no. No, I have no time for nuance. Um, <laughs> but uh, speaking of nuance, check out this album. Very nuanced. Very very nice album. Very yeah. fall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And melancholy without being incredibly moody. Yeah, and not even it's not even that melancholy, really. No, it's, it's not. Just, it's just no. like it's reminiscing and yeah, yeah, nostalgic. Yeah, and, it's like dreamy yeah. and kind of yeah, definitely yeah. like great, great fall morning music. Yeah. yeah, and it makes you think like, what was yeah. he actually trying to write about in the song? Because yeah. you know, it's not just right there. You have to like yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah. I listen to this and I think like this is kind of what I want Father John Misty to be. I like Father John Misty. I don't mind Father John. I like Misty. how cranky he is. Yeah, yeah, he's very sardonic and sarcastic, mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of a jerk, purposely an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. Lean into his like God of the Hipsters persona. And yeah, I think it, it's an act. You know, it's well, it's yeah. David yeah, Bowie. It's a, you know, it's like yeah, it's just a. Um, what this remind me is that Jeff Tweedy is the mastermind behind Wilco. But Obviously. for anybody who likes this. Check out the Wilco albums too, because yeah. the Wilco albums is just like it's this is the center, this is the heartbeat, this kind of music, and that's surrounded by all these layers of other cool stuff. So, yeah, yeah, right on. Well, great choice, Jade. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm actually very thank surprised you. and happy you guys liked it. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Well, thank you for joining us, thank our esteemed guest. Thank you. And uh, yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe on all social media platforms. We have a YouTube page that we don't update. And so check it out. So check, check it out. It out. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> then we'll have two subscribers. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> Doubling up. <laughs> that's it, man. That's a, that's a, that's a 100% uh, increase. Um, so anyway, yes. Until next time, get in the garage. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.